FMX Network Production. You cast me a complete need to What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I don't listen to the show. It has a bog. It's not my favorite one. Yeah, buddy. He was extra diesel-y this weekend. I think there's some guys that are just faster this year that are competitive with I oh. love, like, Levi's length. I so, don't think it's that big of a deal, though, to me in the grand scheme of things, if Tomac goes 1-1 this weekend. Now those guys are going to be in a world of hurt. If you're racing Eli Tomac, you're in trouble. Drag Raper's ass over the line. Ah! <laughs> How's it going? Hey, mate. Good day, mate. Yeah, good day to you all. Uh, country, but it will do. It'll work. It'll work. There's Man. a bunch of kitchens. Sorry, I'm going to inter- interrupt you over and over. So much horsepower. Well, what the fuck, Levi? I'm a terrible yeah. starter, so take it with a grain of salt. I'm just huge as shit. All I do on social media is positivity, bro. Where do you come up with kitchens? Like Maybe uh, he's like- talking about his whole family. You know what there's I mean? There's a bunch of kitchens. Yeah, there's a bunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at all the kitchens. <laughs> Man, the kitchens are killing it. That's what he was saying. Why do you say I bass fish? Like, why? Because, because what's it's, the, it's way different techniques. You're just fishing. Way different techniques. Okay. Do I think they're going to get rid of the Saturdays? Absolutely not. These guys are not mature <laughs> enough. I don't one. think it's going to be a runaway. Mark my words. I always feel like we are... One corner away from a big crash. Anderson's shirt is out. Repeat, Anderson's shirt is out. I kind of like black out. I got to go. I got to go. I'm like, ah. No. You're an idiot. <laughs> but I'm right. What the fuck, man? I got screwed by it. It's about the Pulp Show, and we do not do anything else. Call me when you get a win, bro. It's like, oh, yeah, it's so easy. I see this done all the time. There's just no way I'm doing nationals. I would love to come in the studio one time. That'd be fun. Never oh. a Dr. Dark. That was a good time. He's so good, he's got two semis. <laughs> Morons, right? Yeah. You can do that when you ride three times a year. Come on down. Come on down. I'm like, no, I don't give a shit. I don't want to deal with you. And if that dude asks me if I want to test drive it, I want to drive the passport through the front window of that dealership. <laughs> Three Who years. test drives anything anymore? Am I the dick? I mean, yes, but in this situation, I don't know. How much that the dickage gets put on him? Yes, it's a dick pie. <laughs> he 50, made 50. me eat the dick pie. I'll bring down $40,000 cash and just pay this thing. I'm coming, bro. Steve oh, has to come. <laughs> I keep my balls shaved, ice clean. I know exactly what his dick looks like. Dude, I hate nose hairs. You give me a chance to get you whatever the heck you need, I'll never call you again. Yo, what's up? We are back. And in honor of the seven deuce deuce and seven deuce trace, we are so lit. I don't know if that sounded good for my old ass, but 
The Seven Deuce Deuce, Seven Deuce Trace, we're in studio this week. We got a lot to talk about. It's another Pulp Mix wrap up show. I'm your host, Dark Side. Uh, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires tonight, and we have a couple fun guests on. Uh, one of them's a returning guest, one of them's a new guest. So let's get right into it. First up, from Texas Tornado MX, brought to you by Guts Racing tonight, my boy Van Martin. What's up, Van? What's up, Darkside? I'm chilling. How are you? I'm good, man. When, when I did my little intro, did would you have been confused and maybe thought, wow, is that Seven Deuce Deuce or was, or no, I didn't say anything. Yeah. Like yeah. It sounded identical. <laughs> I can only imagine. And uh, next up, he is the winner of the Yamaha 450 from the privateer challenge drawing. He's a Pulp MX fan. He reached out. He wanted to do it. Uh, he's going to be brought to you by Seal Savers night. Joshua McCullum. What's up, Joshua? Hey, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. I appreciate you reaching out. I think it's always cool to get new people on here. Um, you know, you never know what Steve's response is going to be, but we're gonna. I think we're going to be fired tonight, and I don't know that he even listens anyway. I don't know if, if anyone's going to make him happy, but we can try. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, tonight, like I said, uh, it's going to be episode 507. We're talking about the Nap Brothers. We're in studio. It's been a little bit. And man, I thought it was one of their better um, appearances, Van. I mean, like Seven Deuce Deuce and Seven Deuce Trace always have a lot of, you know, they're they're always on like a hundred, right? They're always wound up. But mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a really good appearance from those guys throughout the night. Um, what did you think of it? Yeah, I dug it. I liked it a lot. I think, uh, like you said, uh, Seven Deuce Deuce especially. Um, Tyler's pretty, he's pretty calm for the most part, but 70 suits, he can go over the top sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> um, but no, he like, I, I think he did really well. He didn't, he didn't rev her up too much, basically. Yeah. He got loud a couple of mm-hmm. times, but I, I liked mm-hmm. it. I thought it was a good show. Like I wasn't sure, you know, going in Joshua kind of like, I, I mean, I knew they're good guests, right? But some guests I get yeah. more excited for than others. And absolutely by the end though, I was like, oh man, this is a really good show. Yeah, I you know what I I I think Steve is always is pretty good at his guests that he gets, um, and I think when they he has either just Adam on or he has them both, they they always deliver. You know, they're they're entertaining guys. You know, themselves individually. Yeah. So you know they're they're both. You know, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, good show. And also Monday night on the phones we had Levi Kitchen or Kitchens, depending on who you are. Uh, Ryan Morris, Lewis Phillips, Chris Kiefer. I called in, of course, JT, the usual guests. Um, let's get a little background just real fast, though, Joshua. So you have you got your 450 yet? No, I haven't. I actually, last week I got in the mail the certificate of origin. So okay. I would say it's we're getting close. Um, so, yeah. Blue crew, they, baby. They, we're teammates. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> Are you on Yamaha right now, man? Yeah, no. I am. Oh, you're talking. Yeah, that's oh hell yeah, dude. We need to start a team. Let's yeah, go. Remember yeah. I started I was in the Yama on Supercross. Would you forget already? No, I just didn't know. If you you know, you change sometimes, man. You could have been back yeah. on red, you could have been on KTM, you know. I mean yeah. are are you even back riding? No, I still got another three months. So, yeah, I figured you had I'm, a little ways I'm to go. Crew, dude. I'm blue crew from now dude, on, I think. I mean, yeah, it would be, yeah. I'm gonna keep my 06 Honda because I love that bike, but uh, if I buy new bikes or get new bikes, I'm going to go blue, I think. So, yeah, they're fun. Um, Joshua, so, yeah, you're a longtime fan. How long have you been involved with Pulp Mex as far as listening and, you know, and entering the contest and, and supporting the sponsors, all that kind of stuff? 
Oh, I've been into the show from the beginning. I wow. think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I, I was just uh, like a super big, like racer X nerd always on there looking at stuff. And I think they had like a, he, he, he uh, now he puts on there like the guests, like, I think they put like a poster like, thing that where it had like guests on. Yeah. I think I found it that way, way back in the day I was on there and it said like, you know, whoever the guest was that night caught my attention and I thought I have to check that out. And, so I've been listening like pretty much from the very beginning. Very cool. That's that's how I found it too. Yeah. Like I would see the the Racer X ads or whatever, you yeah. know, and and yeah. and I never really cared that much. I was like, I don't care about a podcast. But then it was the same thing. I saw Kyle Chisholm was coming yep. on, and I was a huge Chiz guy, and I was like, well, I got to check this out. And then that was it. I yep. was locked in. Yep. Um, and it's like it has a way of grabbing you. Like once you like, I try turning so many people onto it. And some people will listen, some people don't. But like once you like kind of start listening to a few, it really, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome because if you're a fan of moto, you can just, it's, it has so much depth to it that it's just, it hooked me. Good, man. I love the way you just put that. So, all right, let's talk about 507 as a whole real quick. Van, we talked about the internet brothers, but the guests, man, uh, Levi Kitchen, uh, yeah, like I said, Levi Kitchen, Ryan Morris, Lewis Phillips. I love Lewis Phillips. Even though I don't follow the GPs like I should, I, I love when he comes on and talks about it. And then, of course, Kiefer is my, my all-time favorite. So, overall, as a whole, how was the show? I know, I know, Van, you were trying to finish it up today. Um, but it, I feel like, it was, like I said, I thought it was a really solid show. Yeah, like you said, I didn't get to uh, finish it completely. I just got to Kiefer's segment, so um, didn't really get to get the full thing on that. But Levi was super cool. He, uh, him talking about his starts and, and Adam and Tyler trying to fix it for him was, it was pretty entertaining <laughs> advice, man. Uh, yeah. We're going to get then, to that. Yeah. And Mo's really knowledgeable about the sport. So he's always good to hear from him more, hear more side, more things about like the bike side of things. Right. A lot of people set up. Yeah. A lot of people really like that. Like I'm not a big setup guy. Like as much as I love Kiefer, I don't listen to a lot of his, you know, the, the in-depth podcast because I'm just, I don't know, man. I just not, I'm not as into that stuff. So it just is what it is. But I thought Ryan Morris was very informative and I loved like seven deuce Mm -hmm. deuces response to it. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun and, just real quick, Mathis, if, if Mathis is listening, he's going to, you know, he's going to come back with the, Oh, you got a guest on that didn't listen to the whole show or whatever. As I mentioned, van kind of saved the day. Cause Logan Carnow was scheduled to have this position, this spot tonight, or, but we, we had a little scheduling conflict. He thought it was last night and he already had plans for tonight. So van jumped in to save the day and tried to squeeze the show in in time. So thank you so much for doing that, van. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I was at, the regional um, this past weekend with a bunch of kids I trained and then I went back to training Monday through Thursday and I had a bunch of kids this week. So um, yeah. I've been really busy, but um, yeah. And then I liked, uh, I liked Lewis a lot. He's always pretty entertaining and funny. And um, I had no clue about that whole scandal or whatever was going on during those races Me either. Uh, during the qualifying race. I literally was clueless to it. felt like an idiot. Well, no, I mean, um, I'm the same. Like I saw, I would see posts, but I didn't really know what, what it was in reference to. And I didn't deep dive into it because I was also very busy. So, but that, that's the beauty, Joshua, of listening to this podcast, right? There may be stuff you miss or aren't aware of. And yeah. if it's anything really significant, Mathis is going to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. He has a way of kind of just digging in and, and uh, getting it all out there for sure. I mean, he's, it's the most informative, you know, moto podcast that you can really plug into. 
Yeah. Hey, Joshua, your phone's breaking up a little bit. I don't know if you moved around or if it's just Wi-Fi situation, but can you hear me? All right. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into, I want to talk about Eli first off. So, right. The general discussion (laughs) topics at the beginning of the show, they, Eli came up, uh, after a second moto win, uh, big improvement, right. From Paula, uh, you know, I think he always kind of starts off slow. So, Adam was talking about it, and he said, you know, I don't really think, like, going into this weekend at Hang or at uh, Lakewood, Adam's like, I don't know that it's that big of a deal if he wins 1-1, goes 1-1 at Lakewood, just because elevation, et cetera, et cetera, all the different things. Man, Joshua, I think it is a big deal. He is always starts off slow, seems to, and he's improving, and the confidence is building. He's getting more comfortable in the bike. Doesn't really matter that it's, quote-unquote, his home track. I think if the guy goes one one, it may get scarier for the other guys. I I couldn't agree with you any more, Dark Side. To be honest with you, like yeah, the one guy you do not want to see getting that momentum is Tomac. Like I don't <laughs> care if it's the home track, it's a, it, wherever it's at. Like it, when Tomac starts getting on a roll, it's time to get scared. Yeah. Know? So I mean, I I couldn't disagree with him more on that. I mean, if he comes out and he gets it plugged in there, like. I think those boys are going to be in for a long summer. Absolutely. And Van, I know where he was coming from. Like, I understand what he's saying. Like, oh, he's just expected to win at Lakewood, basically. But even like his brother Tyler, you know, said, hey, he is starting to, he's setting himself up well as we're building into the season. What do you think, man? Do you think if he goes into Lakewood this weekend and goes 1 1, is that very significant? Or, you know, maybe do you disagree with that, Adam, a little bit? And it's, you know, it's just kind of expected. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty critical. If he goes one one, the, the ball's gonna start rolling, especially all the other racers know that Tomac's gonna be hard to beat there. Yeah. And so say Sexton or Anderson go out and they beat him at his so called home track, even though he doesn't ride there often, but he's always done good there and he's kinda used to it. Um, if they go out there, they're gonna get a bunch of confidence from that. So he kinda needs to go one one really and um kind of make his mark and start gaining some confidence and gaining some momentum. Absolutely. Well, one of the questions that got brought up, Steve brought up was, you know, what is the bigger story? Jason Anderson getting his first win outdoors or the Eli Tomac uh, win in the second moto. Let's listen. Bigger story for you. Tomac going 4-1, and like they made some bike changes for the second moto, Yep, and it worked. He went to an air fork, and he, he crushed it, right? He wrote, he wrote awesome. Yep. So you know, bigger story, like that win for Tomac, like is that going to flip a switch? Or Anderson's first ever win going 1-3 for the overall? Bigger story here is definitely Anderson, without a doubt. Uh, Not having a win in 13 years uh, is just mind-blowing. I would have never even thought that stat about Anderson. The problem with it is, is like the reason why I don't think that Tomac is as big of a story is because to me, this is typical Tomac. When there's a break before Supercross, he starts off a little rocky. He has a little arm pump. You know, I'm sure he was nervous for the first round. He's like, how's my knee going to hold up? Brand new bike outdoor. I've never ridden this outdoor. Maybe he wasn't feeling it quite as good. And we know when Tomac doesn't feel it, he does he, not ride he, good. You know, after that moto, uh, that second moto, I think Tomac's going to be a serious problem. I think there's some guys that are just faster this year that are competitive with. I feel like Eli Tomac is setting himself up perfectly because what is next round? 
Thunder Valley. Yeah. We're going to Colorado. We're going to elevation where we know Anderson doesn't do good. He doesn't have the time in New Mexico to get himself acclimated. I so, don't think it's that big of a deal, though, to me in the grand scheme of things, if Tomac goes 1-1 this weekend. That knee's going to get healthier. He's going to get back on the bike. He's going to Thunder Valley like this weekend, so maybe he wins again or whatever. Yep. Now those guys are going to be in a world of hurt. If you're racing Eli Tomac, you're in trouble. Definitely. Uh, all right, so first things first, being the uh, the media mogul that I am and having my ear to the ground and, you know, ins and outs, I did find out last night that that fork change, it, it, they did not go from the hybrid to the air in between motos. He was already on the air going into the day, and they made some changes um, in between motos, just some settings changes and i actually texted mathis about that and told him that i kind of heard that and he actually he reached out and asked gilly today and that was right jt misunderstood i guess the um misunderstood what they were talking they said you know that that change did not actually happen in between motos so maybe not as significant of a piece of news as we thought it was but still they did make the change going into the day um but with this piece of this question i'll go to you first van I also agree that the Jason Anderson win is a much bigger deal. Um, I think Jason is, as we've talked about a bunch in the last few weeks, and Steve's talked about that he's just in a different place this year. He looks like a different guy. And, uh, you know, Ty was a little misinformed. He, 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 I guess he forgot that Jason had moved back to New Mexico and has been kind of trying to get more acclimated to the elevation. So I think that win last week rolls into this week, and Jason comes out like, probably more on fire and wanting to win this race because he struggled so much here before. So I think that win last week was massive, massive for Jason Anderson Van. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, man, well, shout out to you dark side to getting that, getting the inside scoot. Cause I was blown away when I heard, um, not to say that, or JT said, that he switched to an air fork in between motos like that's a giant change yeah and i was like even i was doubting it like what are, are you serious like that doesn't usually happen that doesn't like ever happen really in between motos and uh so yeah nice nice scoop there for sure i gotta i gotta get credit to his mechanic josh ellington who was on the show that i'm not allowed to mention on this show so much last night he he's the one he's like well uh you know he kind of like no that's he not what happened. And he, then I was like, well, if you don't want to talk, he said like, he didn't want to talk about it, but he's like, no, he, he was just, I guess he hadn't heard maybe that, that news that we, that was being reported, you know? And then he's no, 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 we did it beforehand. So anyway, and then Mathis confirmed it with Gilly. So, but yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, every once in a while I get a scoop, not often, but <laughs> um, yeah. So you think the Jason Anderson thing is a bigger story? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, even it should be a big story either way because I mean, yeah, like no one really expects everyone assumes that Anderson has gotten a win at this point in his career. He's been pro for 13 years. So I think just in general, that's a huge story that he finally got his first win in 13 years. And crazy. And, um, yeah, he is, he can roll off a high now too. And yeah. try to take Tomac down at, at Colorado. <laughs> well, we're going to find out in a couple of days, Joshua. So I got a couple of questions with you on this audio. I, I also want to get your thoughts on what's the bigger story. But I, I like, I want you to talk about like, I love these type of questions, right? Because there is no right answer. It really is right. a personal thing. But this this podcast, the, the Pulp Mech Show, it's not always about facts. It's about bench racing and about entertainment and getting these 
thought-provoking questions and getting you thinking and getting you maybe fired up or even like, especially if you disagree, kind of getting wound up. Like I, I love these type of questions more than, again, like a, a settings question or a settings topic. Like this is just fun to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Like I was listening to the show and like I was blown away when JT said that about the the suspension setting, I, I had a hard time believing that they would have made that drastic of a change in between motos. Like that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. So yeah. It was a big they, deal. They hear that, you know, I, I was kind of like surprised. And then when Adam made the comment about, uh, JA and he said, uh, you know, 13 years, I thought he's been in the pro like 13 <laughs> years. Is that right? Like, yeah, that's, no, that's, it's, a, that's it's, a long time. It does. It know? seems like a lot longer like, than I thought. Yeah. I yeah. was like, has it really been that kind of time? But I guess it has. So him him finally checking that off, like, again, like I said with Tomac, him getting going, like, I, with Jason's style and the way he rides, like, I think he's another rider that you don't want to see getting the momentum swinging. Like, so that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. the, the speed that he has, the flow he has, like, I, he's one of my favorite riders to watch just because of how he flows and just, I mean, he's so loose and, like, just fluid, you know, so – um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I think it's the, the bigger story is, is Jason, you know, but I mean, you, you don't want either of those guys getting any momentum. Right. Like they, right. They, the other guys need to douse that flame with water quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, with the, the audio that we just heard, right. Adam said, there's some other guys that have definitely gotten faster and we're going to talk about chase in a minute and clearly chase. I don't know if he's gotten faster, but he seems to be putting it together. And then we got we got Jason coming on, and Eli's getting healthier. As Steve said, his knee's only going to get healthier. So right now, we are looking very good for some very good battles coming up oh, in the next yeah. few weeks. It's exciting. I, Go ahead. I haven't been this excited uh, for a season in a long time. Oh, like, that's good to hear. Like the 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 just the talent, and, and you hear it every season. It's stack, stack, stack. Yeah. This season is going to deliver for sure. Just imagine if Dylan was still out there. God almighty. Oh my. We, we, I was so bummed when they, <laughs> when they announced that he wasn't going to be in. I was me like, too. Oh, my God, that, that was just like a travesty. Yeah. But, you know, we, we still have, I mean, it's still stacked. So, I mean, we're in for a good summer. Absolutely. Then I want to move on to Chase Sexton, guys. Uh, Adam Internet talked about the fact that in the past, Chase has been his own biggest downfall, right, Van? Uh, you know, when he's under pressure, he seems to push too hard, make mistakes. Like, think about Minneapolis. That was not a good weekend for you. But um, Chase has had these issues, but it sort of feels like he's in a different place. And I think Tyler talked about, like, outdoors, it doesn't seem to be as common because it's more spread out. That You know, that's not everything is so uh, compact and happening so fast. Uh, but I do feel like, as Chase keeps doing well, like he could have easily won all four motos so far this year, he's going to start going, oh, okay, I got this now. Like I know where that line is, that limit. Like I'm not making those mistakes, and I'm starting to figure out why. So I think Chase, Chase, as Steve said, is going to be for real all year long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just got he's, – he's just maturing a little bit. I mean, even though he is – I mean, he's been pro for a while now, so you'd think he'd be mature, but now he's in the 450 class for a couple of years now, yep. and he knows he doesn't have to send it so hard to win anymore. He's figured out how to win, and either in Supercross and Motocross, and now he 
he's just got so much more experience now and knows how to get the job done. So um, he doesn't have to hang it out. And, and I feel like he's going to be more consistent knowing that fact right there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. JT came on later in the show and, and you know, he chase was brought up and, and or I guess maybe that was when, that was actually when some of this conversation happened and JT's like, man, I'm not all there yet. Right. Like, you know, if he's staying consistent halfway, then he'll buy in. I, I might be jumping a little too soon. Like I might be all in on chase right now, you know? So JT's kind of JT's being a little more level headed about it, but I enjoy, I enjoy the, the difference of opinions on the guys and everybody always seems to have a little bit of a different take. And, and then we got Ken Roxon uh, van. That's, you know, still a question mark, right? I think this weekend, I haven't looked at the weather to see how hot it's going to be, but the elevation thing, I think we may get a more accurate reading on Kenny, right? But even if it's not that hot, the elevation, if he's still having some physical type issues, the elevation <laughs> is going to compound that. Uh, and the, you know, so far the weather's been nice, as Steve said, and it hasn't been an issues. But there's still a lot of a question, a lot of questions, and I totally agree with Steve on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Lakewood, it'll, it'll get hot too, even though when like the temperature isn't too bad. Yeah, man, it it seems miserable out there riding. I mean, I've raced there a lot, and uh, man, it'll it'll sneak up on you quick. You're just so much closer to the sun. It feels like so you're baking. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, hot. yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be a real, real test for Roxanne. I mean, he's still, he's still in there. Um, well, yeah, but like, I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen his crazy speed yet either that he typically shows. I mean, it was there at Paula. Don't get me wrong, but Chase kind of, I guess he, uh, was kind of overwhelming to watch a little bit or not overwhelming, but like he, he showed more speed and you could tell he was clearly faster than Roxanne. And being, so, and it was being mature about the, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make the pass. Yeah. So I just looked uh, high of ninety four on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's a big difference than what they've uh, dealt with at Paula and Hangtown. So, um, Joshua, the other thing with him is um, seven deuce deuce. You know, he spent some, a lot of time with him, traveling or riding with him in, in the past, and he kind of talked about something that we all know. Steve's talked about that he's really kind of changed over the last couple of years where like he, he kind of can decide if he wants to go for it or not, depending on how he feels or how the bike feels like he will shut it down a little bit. If it's not perfect where some of these other guys may not do that, like a chase and Jason right now, we've seen Jason ride when it, maybe he's not perfectly comfortable, but he still is like, all right, I'm going to one Oh five. I'm not, I'm not backing down. So that could be also another issue at Lakewood. Like if something doesn't feel right and then you got the heat and then you got the, the elevation. Yeah. Kenny's a question mark. Like Steve said. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more on that for sure. Because like, I, I'd say like thinking about Honda as a whole, is yeah. there, is there like a manager like uh, Lars that's, that's confident and, and uh, as, with the riders and the lineup he has and also scared because like, <laughs> I think they're, I think they're covered pretty good in the lights class. I think they should have some pretty good weekends. I, I think so. I think they're going to do pretty good, you know? Uh, and I think he could probably walk into the weekend and, you know, get out of the rental car and know that it's going to go pretty good there. But I, you know, I kind of agree with JT with, with Sexton, like when he gets out of the rental car 
and is walking there, he's probably, you know, I would be, I would think he's probably a little bit nervous. Like, what's he going to get with Sexton? Uh, and then yeah. the same way with Roxton, or Roxton, like, I mean, Roxton's like, I think Roxton's just getting to a point where he's just getting maybe a little bit too smart. He's just that old dog that's really learning. And I think he's just maybe a little, a lot more careful than he maybe was five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think it's just like, you know, I mean, Sexton's just kind of like starting to get to that point where I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get for. I know he's going to be fast, you know, so sure. he's, Sexton's just blistering. And, and then, you know, with the temperatures this weekend, like what's going to happen with rocks and we're all waiting to see that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Lars Lindstrom's probably, he probably goes in the weekends, like starting this season out. Like I said, he's, confident and feeling great but he, there's got to be a, a you know a side of him that's a little bit nervous at the same time because that those guys in the 450 class could it could go any way right now absolutely you know? so, that's true uh so hey just, when you get your blue crew once you get it i need you to go to sealsavers.com because you, you got to get you some seal savers because for for 22 years seal savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal savers is the first and original fork seal protection that protects your fork from dirt dust rocks sand and mud Seal Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development to, of the easy-to-install Zip-On Seal Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle, Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial for the performance of your side-by-side and mountain bike. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection, so enter code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. So you get that done, Joshua. When you get that Blue Crew, get you some Seal Savers so you don't have to change the fork seals because that's a pain in the ass. You know what? I think I might because I don't seem to have very good luck with fork seals, and I I don't do suspension work myself, so <laughs> me I don't, either. I don't, it's a process to get new seals in when you notice them leaking. So yeah, there I, you go. I like the fact that they they zip on. I don't know, is that something that they've recently done? No, no, like they've they had the, they've had the zip on ones for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, um, I I might actually do that then because I I, like I wouldn't mind doing something that would would uh, at least prolong them. There you go. That's what they're there for, man. And uh, yeah, may, owner of Seal Savers, Mason Mills, so should be uh, on this wrap up show next week as a guest. So thanks to Mason for being part of the wrap up show. Uh, nice. Let's get to the first call in guest, guys. Um, Lee, I want to go to I want to go to Levi Kitchen first. First of all, the name thing. I was kind of laughing at the beginning, Van. Like, uh, why is it Kitchens? Kitchens, and then like Adam Entenab and the boys, they started joking about it, and you know, Levi was having fun with it like he's used to it but poor old mcgrath got beat up a little bit the intro of that show with not knowing the name like i guess it's sort of a common mistake sometimes to add a letter to a name like that but it is a little bit it was driving me crazy but you know what else is driving me crazy i'm just thought of this has nothing to do with pulp make show monday night sorry guys but weege says seth Hammaker. Ham maker, mm-hmm. dude. His name is not Ham maker, and I was oh, I was driving me crazy. But anyway, back to Levi Kitchens. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Hammaker. I'm almost positive. You would think we would know if anyone. He always well. He's always on top of it about pronunciation. I'm about to text Seth, but let me tell you, if he's right, I think everybody else is wrong. So <laughs> I would I would feel like an idiot. I'm about to text Seth right now. We'll find out maybe by the end of this, but um. Levi Kitchen, he's been on my show recently. He was on Pulp Monday Night. Like, I think his interview skills are getting better. He's a kid, man. You know, he's still a really young man, but I feel like he's starting to get more comfortable. Did you think he was good, or did you maybe have the opposite opinion? Maybe he was uncomfortable. Um, man, I've I've seen Levi ride for 
a couple years before he turned pro, and that kid is he's impressed me from the first day I ever saw him. So yeah, but I'm talking about just um, on, as an interview, like you know, on oh, public. like an interview, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I think he's always been a little loose, even like the first time he ever came on, or and they whenever Romano and um, LeBlanc were messing with Steve. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. I thought I always thought he was a little loose. I mean, not tight. He's always seemed kind of funny and personable, um, but yeah, he's maybe a little bit more relaxed than, than how he was when he first turned pro. Yeah. I just, I think he's getting better with these interviews, Josh. I thought he was really good Monday night. You know, he's, he's able to, you know, again, he's a kid. So sometimes a kid, his age might be in a group of adults, let's say it doesn't have to be a podcast, but it'd be kind of uncomfortable and not really joke back and might be thinking, well, these guys are kind of busting my balls. And then, you know, they, they get quiet, but like Levi, very much like Romano, give it back. Like they're they're pretty comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm 42, so I'm kind of getting to that point now where I'm I'm that typical guy on the porch saying these goddamn kids today. You know. <laughs> but, but honestly, like ever since I've heard him, heard of him and he started coming on the podcast, he he's I mean he has a good attitude. He he has like his. He's funny. He doesn't seem like he's like, you know, a lot of young kids where they just kind of clam up and, you know, don't really, I mean, he jokes and you yeah, can tell he's yeah, comfortable. Yeah. And he, he's a personable kid. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's enlightening to see and it's, it's enjoyable to have him on. Like it, he's, uh, he's definitely has a good character for sure. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I think that's good for the future of these podcasts, you know, as he continues to improve and be in the industry, He's going to be a good interview on Pulpamex for years to come. Let's listen to what he had to say about his starts. Is it like a technique where you laid on the gate? Has it been one thing that's been a problem to start? But your average start through four <laughs> motos is 15. 15th, 15th place. Yeah, that's better than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. It seems like when one thing goes right, then another goes wrong. Like a lot of times, I mean, I've been late plenty of times off the gate. Yep. Um, and the big thing though is just I'm wheeling bad. Like, okay, just, yep. I get back too far and that that, that bike hooks up. So dude, I'm having a double clutch. So much horsepower coming out the Yama dog, dude. Dude, yeah. Are you telling me you hold just you hold shot Justin Cooper a couple of times? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, what the fuck, Levi? Dude, Levi. <laughs> if you could hold shot Justin Cooper. You know, it's like the dodgeball thing. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. <laughs> this is seven deuce deuce advice, okay? I'm a terrible yeah. starter, so take it with a grain of salt. I'm no good at starting, <laughs> but here's how you get starts. If you're late on the gate, there's a there's an app on your phone called Reaction Test, and there's I've, like I've already okay, I cool. What I would do yeah. is before the motos, and I actually have really good reaction time. I'm just huge as shit, so like my it's hard to get yeah. out of the gate. I'm so pretty sure Swanee has got him pretty dialed. Okay, well, dude, I'm just giving him tips. And the next thing I want you to do is just envision that you're at the goat farm at the gate. One of my best races that I've ever had when, when my little brother goes to the gate with me and he goes, dude, just pretend you're at Castillo's. Do you have one of those things that tells you what RPM you're at on the gate? Like a, like one of those get RPM no. dashboards? No. Okay. No. So is that a problem because no, you're wheeling? So you're, you're, you're in the wrong, you're too high of an RPM or something? Or Yeah. I don't I've always struggled like in a race scenario, you know, I can't like when I do practice starts, especially by myself, obviously I can hear my bike. Yep. Um, a race scenario, you can't hear anything. You can kind of adjust the RPMs like a almost yeah. like a start device or whatever, yeah. or yeah. starting map. Right. So 
I might try that a little bit. They usually don't like to do it on dirt with our bike, but we might have to for me. So we'll see. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go to you first. So my favorite part of that audio and that interview was Adam giving start advice. He's like, you know, I'm a terrible starter. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I'm huge as shit. But he's still, hey, I'm giving you some advice. He also gave him some advice later about not being so picky about things when he's young. But I just think it's funny when a guy like, you know, obviously Levi is more highly touted than right. Adam was, but it's kind of funny when he, the, he's giving advice and I'm sitting there going, oh, it's almost like, I wonder if Levi's going like, dude, come on, man. I got you, bro. Yeah. You know, but I laughed. I thought it was I hilarious. I thought it was funny too. And I, and what really, I mean, hit it off is when he said, you know, I get terrible starts and stay with a grain of salt. You know, like I, I laughed out loud, I think when he said that. So, you know, it's funny, but hey, listen, you know, Adam has been there for a good while. So, I mean, Sometimes, you know, uh, he may not be the most decorated racer, but sometimes like little tips like that will kind of, you know, throw a little bit extra on and it might remind him or make him think of something a little bit different when he's there. And it might work. You never know. I right. mean, you, you can learn something from everybody if you're willing to, you know, keep your ears open. So, well, Van, Van knows this well with training kids, but real quick update it is Ham Maker. So, there you go. Yep. I guess I should stop making fun of weeds for saying it that way. <laughs> Damn it. But Van, you were saying it, you thought it was Hammaker? Yeah, I, I thought okay. everybody said it Hammaker. I always say Seth Hammaker. And when he would say Seth Hammaker, I was like, what are you doing? And he was right. Way to go, Weeds. You're I the man. I thought it was Hammaker, too. So. Yep, it's Hammaker. Hammaker. I've seen, I've right. seen Weege seen Weege ask so many kids on the podium at Loretta's. That's right before true. he interviews them. Um, Hey, how do you pronounce your name? So, like, he's he's on top of stuff like that. I should have hand. thought of that, Van. Damn it. Yeah. I'm the yeah, idiot. We, we just want it. Yep, I'm the idiot. That's all right. Um, nah. <laughs> Van, but, yeah, the, the advice and just the start issues. Like, you, you would think a kid that's been racing at that level, you know, because would have that down almost, you know, and then the power of the star 250. But, yeah, I mean – I guess in the amateurs, he was so good. Maybe, you know, I didn't follow it that well, but maybe he, he came through the back and didn't always get good starts, but definitely something he's going to have to work on. Yeah, for sure. I I think this last, like, year he was on stars as an amateur, he was, he was ripping good starts for sure. Yeah. Always. He always started up front. So, but, dude, it's so hard. I When you get to that level, I mean, when you're racing pro, like, I feel like I'm a good starter. I've always thought that way. I put a bunch of wall shots at Loretta's when I was an amateur. And then you get pro, but everyone is such a good starter. So if one little thing, like he was talking about, if you're just a little late on the reaction time, if you just wheelie just a little bit and have to touch a clutch, yeah, yeah. You lose, yeah, you lose a bar and they do next to you and you're done. Like it's, it's so critical to just have a perfect start. And man, it's, it's hard to perfect it. It really is, especially when you're on the line. Um, all of that, but no, it's cool. I think I think Levi would be one to to listen to the advice from Seventy Six. I I don't think he's like uh, has a big head or anything. No, like it, it really so sounded I, like it really sounded like he was listening to it. Like he was, yeah, he he was really, um, you know, not he wasn't, yeah, no ego. He was definitely taking it all in, and you know, he was pretty honest about having the issues and needing to figure it out. So I that, I enjoyed it. It was really good stuff. I will say his teammate Romano hooked me up at Paula because had Romano on the show the week before Paula. And I was like, dude, 
how your starts? He's like, I'm good at starts. I said, okay, you're my first to finish line then for fantasy. He's like, I got you. And sure enough, first to finish line, nice. Moto 2 for, for Romano. So taking care That's of it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody else is helping out my fantasy teams, though. Everybody else is. Oh, uh, I, I'm terrible in fantasy. Bro. I usually, honestly, I sign up every season just because there's a chance of winning the bike. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> So I make sure I do that, and I, I do it just because I, you know, just try it and give it a go. I, I play it, and I play the other, the Rocky Mountains, and um, I mean, I, I like doing it, but I, I just, I don't know. I'm I'm terrible at the pulp Dude, fantasy. I had Gilbert this weekend, who obviously didn't get any points. I had Mo- Moseman, who did not finish Moto2. Uh, I had Thrasher, who I think crashed both motos in the beginning and didn't get very many points. It was so bad. <laughs> I give up. Like I really, I really don't want to play anymore. I just don't. It hurts. Um, all right, let's get rolling. Though. I, I'm we're, I'm dragging this thing out. I'm talking. Get, I'm getting sidetracked too much. Steve <laughs> asked Levi what he does for fun, and I, I pulled this audio because. Well, let's listen first. I've never really fished in my life. Okay, oh my I, I, went, I fished in the Gulf of Mexico God, one time. Oh my! And you're we, not living. Okay, dude. listen, listen. It, it's it's dumb. Okay, but first of all, why do you say? Why don't you just say like I go fishing? Why do you say I bass fish? Like why? Because, because what's it's, the, it's way different techniques. You're just fishing. Way different techniques. No, no you're just bro, fishing, like bro. Not, because you could oh. be bait fishing. You could be top water. You could do a Cinco rig. You could do a Carolina oh, rig. Oh, hey, what are you like, doing? Oh, I'm Cinco rig. No, no you just bro, said no, I go like fishing. bass fishing, and then you have trout fishing. But is it at all fishing? No, no, dude. Yeah. That's so is, no. Levi, is Levi trying to look? Waiting. Is Levi trying to look better by saying he's a bass? Fisher? No, no dude, he's not even worried no. about that. He's just saying he's going bass fishing. There's different types of boats. I, that's why I said I got a bass boat. How about <laughs> what do you do for fun? I go fishing. Cool, man. We'll just move on from there. You don't got to be like, I got a bass boat and a bass fish. Yeah, like, but dude, I just go that's fishing. what I'm saying. You're yeah. not even in that world, so you yeah, don't but, understand. Yeah, but okay, okay. All right. So, all right. Let's, no, let's, let me move on. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Like, yeah, I went and bought a dirt bike. I go okay. riding. Yeah, no, no. I went and bought a dirt bike. That's fine. Cool. Okay. I know exactly now, what you did. Now, I went and bought the Works Edition CRM. No, that's still just a dirt bike. I've already, I've already talked too much about fishing. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So... Here's my thing. I have probably fished three or four times my whole life, and it was as a kid with my dad, throw a bobber in. I know nothing about fishing. I am way too ADD to sit still very long. So I'm with Steve. Like I feel almost identical to Steve. Like It's just fishing. In the back of my mind, I know there is skill to fishing, professional fishing. There's things you have to know, all the things that Tyler and Adam talked about. But I still kind of go, no, it's just fishing, dude. You're going to throw a hook in, and something hopefully bites. That's it. But So I, I was on board. I was laughing so hard at this, Josh, because I feel the same way. I think it's, yeah. I, don't, I just don't get fishing. It means nothing to me. So I, yeah. I fully, fully get where he's coming from, but I also see the other side. Where I live in East Texas, like, Instead of everybody having a dirt bike like out, you know, in the desert on, on their porch, everybody has a bass boat in their driveway. Oh yeah, I and, could imagine. Yeah, so and, and I do want to kind of before I get to your thoughts and Van's thoughts, like when when Adam started going, okay, I bought a dirt bike. He kind of went sideways when he said I bought a Works Edition. I bought a dirt bike. I I go just 
ride around in my, my pasture or I bought a dirt bike. I go race motocross it is very, very different. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get where he was going with that, but I still, I'm on board. I just, it's fishing, bro. But anyway, go ahead, Josh. What do you think? I thought, I, it, was, I I think, thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I think he, uh, he, he was, the point he was trying to make was valid. I don't think he went at it the right angle. I'm kind of in the middle. Like I'm not a, I fish, I, but you know, I'm the guy that says I'm going fishing. So I understand yeah. there's a difference. And when I go fishing, if I do, I, you know, there's different types that I'm going for, but I'm not into it enough that I, you know, when you hear someone say I, I bass fish, you know, they're a lot more into it usually, you know? So, sure. but yeah, I get it. I think it's funny that Steve said that. And it's just funny that, you know, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that he doesn't have that much experience with. So yeah. I've, I've fished my whole life, but I don't, I don't do it on a regular it's just kind of like when my buddies catch me at the right time and i have time to go but van so, like the one yeah. of the van one of the reasons i i actually pulled this not because i disagree with him but because like this didn't have anything to do with motocross it's just like lifestyle yeah. stuff getting to know a rider van and mm-hmm. you know it again like we maybe we don't get this in racer x or something else this is just him talking to a buddy and then they kind of start busting balls. This is what we would do if we're sitting around the track and one of your buddies is into something that you don't really understand. You'd be like, what the fuck, man? So, like, it was it was a very fun part of the show that just sort of, you know, it doesn't always have to be about just wanting to hear the motocross stuff, gringo. We, it, we're getting to know these guys. Go ahead, Van. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I like what 70C said, what you'll play to you about him the the dirt bike um reference yeah, yeah. it wasn't quite spot on he could have gone a little bit different angle with it and would have been right and uh but yeah it's just cool to hear different sides of just moto from kids and busting balls and all that good stuff absolutely and the other thing that's cool about levi to me is he likes what i consider good music like he's into alice in chains and Candlebox mm-hmm. and like hard rock bands and I, I told sweet. yeah, and I told him when he was on the show. I said you got to get Mathis to do a sound check. And he's like, well, what's a sound check? And I told nah. him about. It. He's like, oh, dude, I want to do it. So I, I had told him Monday afternoon. I was like, dude, you tell Steve during the show you want to do a sound check, and he forgot, but he did text him after the show. So maybe we'll get a Levi Kitchen sound check. Maybe someday we'll get a Jamie sound check. Come on, Steve, dude, it's time to let it go. Give me a sound check already. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, next topic. We're going to just shift gears instantly and go to the social media discussion that got brought up by a listener. He was talking to Adam mm-hmm. about the importance of social media coming in. Van, you're at the pro level, you know, and you're always trying to get sponsors, trying to figure out new ways to get sponsors. There was a lot of good stuff talked about in this. Um, the value for a PR person, like you know, a team like Husky, who has kept Dino on for a couple years, Dino's results haven't been great, but his uh, his social presence is so big, and his fan presence because of that is so big that sponsors like that. Like, right? That's our our world is coming to a point now where social media numbers, uh, listeners, followers that matters to sell product. So his his question, Steve's question of like with a guy like Deegan, isn't this going to make people hate him? 
I can see that within the industry, like other racers are going to be like, dude, I'm beating this guy, but he's more popular, you know? So I can see Steve's mm-hmm. side of it, but I also very much, Van, see the importance of social media for a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with, with all that, that kind of C was saying. I, I, I do think a little bit, because I'm plugged in on the amateur side of things. Yeah, right? yeah, with all your guys, yep. Yeah, and I man, I kind of do think people have that extra little grit to want to beat Deegan just because he is a little bit more famous than them. Like it, it does give them a little bit more want to do it. And, uh, but it was kind of like what they were saying about the believe the hype, um, shirts that Alessi brought. It's kind of different because Deegan's just showing his lifestyle. He's not really being cocky about it. So it's not like kids want to clean him out. Like, like when Alessi first turned pro, it's like they just want to beat him because they want to show that they can do it and then they don't have to be famous to do it, really. Okay. I, I see. I, I don't disagree with you, but I actually had a different, a different opinion until you said that because, and I'll, get, I'll let jo- Josh, Joshua respond to this, but I think there is a, with, with Deegan in particular, I think there is either like younger kids, like this kid's awesome. I worship him. Or there's like, I am freaking sick of hearing about this kid. What has he done? So you get both sides. And I did last night or Monday night, I did sort of think like, Oh, it sort of is the, the believe the hype thing because they're hyping this kid up who maybe hasn't raced the best kids that he could be racing because Brian's kind of kept them down a little bit to They'll him. get there when it's time. Yeah, but so I was looking <laughs> at it as, no, it is like the Believe the Hype. It's just the new version yeah. of that. But then when Van just said that, like, if you actually watch those videos, he's right. He's not really going, I'm the man. So maybe I misjudged it too, but I think there is a side of our fandom, our fans that do think like, okay, man, this is ridiculous. This is too much in my face, and they're starting to dislike him. So where do you fall on this? Josh, Josh, um, man, I, I'll tell you what, to be honest, I like it or love it. Like social media is the new, it's the new thing. Like it's not going anywhere and it's only gaining more and more momentum, you know? So I, I could see that. I could see everybody's point on that. You know, it's like, I think the biggest thing with Deegan, in my opinion, um, Joe Schmo, nobody from, you know, out in the country here, uh, is he, yeah, it's, it's kind of putting a little bit of a target on his back. It's going to give, him kind of a little bit more of a gauntlet to run in the amateurs while he's kind of, you know, coming up. But I mean, if he makes it through and he's still like the guy, the hot shot stepping up into the pros, I mean, it's, he's, he's probably going to really have proved a point because it it is going to put a lot of fuel in a lot of those other guys, tanks, the guys that don't have the money, the guys that are, you know, the, the poor guys that are barely making it with no decals on their bikes, things like that. So, I mean, if he makes it and he's like, you know, kicking ass when he gets there, you know, it's, it's probably going to make it a little more challenging, but I mean, so far the kids, the kids proven that he's got the goods. you know, I mean, he's pretty successful so far. So I, I, when I see racers like that and they've, they've, you know, their whole life is that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I get a little nervous because I just wonder if they're going to burn out or an injury is going to happen. So like, I, I would love to have my kids racing that like that, but I'm, 
afraid to get them into it at that level because I just I, I don't want to see them do it hardcore for 10 years and then be smoked you know so I don't know I guess time will tell with all of it really yeah but I do I do lean a little more to the Steve Mathis side where I I do think the target on the back thing and and, and there, there could be some negative connotations coming from it or thoughts or feelings from other people from it because it is so in your face sometimes but I mean that's that's the uh, that's the plan that those guys have. That's the the program they're on, and well, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. This world is full of haters. Oh yeah. You know? So yep, yep. I mean, it's like I said, if he makes it there and he's still kicking ass, he he clearly you know he clearly deserves to be there. So yeah, we're gonna see. You know. Guts Racing. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more, such as myself. Got a Guts Racing seat cover on the Blue Crew. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Let's get to Lewis Phillips. Van, Lewis, as we talked about, funny guy, uh, very, very passionate. I always talk about that. I'm a big fan of his when he's on the show. But the drama in France, yeah, I don't think, like we talked about, none of us really knew. I'm going to play some audio, and I'm just going to give you guys a heads up. It's a fairly long piece of audio. It's a little over three minutes but there was so much to break down that I just I, I didn't want to cut any more out. So here we go. The GP in France. Uh, Saturday, there's a qualifier for gate pick. Now, the riders, correct, Lewis, correct me if I'm wrong, but the riders have not been happy about this race, racing for nothing but gate pick. So this weekend, mud mud race, mud comes, rain comes down, turns into a mudder in France, and the 250 class goes off, and uh, Gertz, Gertz has a big crash in the first turn, right? Um, that the riders believed were caused by the mud and not the grooming? Sua, Prado, Koldenoff, Evans, Fernandez, a couple of top guys, they approached uh, in front Luongo and kind of said, like, look, uh, it's muddy, track's a bit of a mess, we're not racing for points, we're not racing for anything today, like, maybe we just give this a miss. And they felt like they were ignored, which I guess they were. No idea why... They didn't prep the first turn. Like, even it can't have been an oversight. Like, again, it's the most common sense move yeah. if you're prepping a track. They held up the start for the MXGP guys. And Luongo and in front was basically like, screw you, we're racing. Go to the gate. Like, six or seven of these guys just didn't line up. Yeah. And the, I guess the biggest thing here is like Sua said it uh, Saturday night. This wasn't just about france this right. was many little things that have been building 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 the grooming of the first turn was like never brought up like it should be done and why wasn't it done and david kind of didn't answer that or talk about that it got really heated on both sides as far as i can make out and i think that only made it worse because the riders felt more disrespected right and equally i think in front was like well we're putting on this show for you guys to make money and like you're treating us like this some riders should go and play golf was thrown around <laughs> talk about how the riders don't take any money from the event anyway so why should they care rarely do you, do you see, see any action, action. right yes. and here's geyser Prado, Sewer, Koldenhoff, you know. That's big. And they're just saying, you know what? We're not lining up. Screw my race on Sunday. 
I'll, I'll take that shitty gate pick. This seems like yeah. a buildup. Right. You know what Which I mean? Like, like yeah. the, the, yep. the first turn just kind of seems like the excuse to actually do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like yep. the last straw yep. type yep. of deal. I was quite impressed by the way that the riders, A, handled themselves on the start, but also handled themselves talking to me. Like, they were very smart, calculated, and got their points across well, I thought. Should they ditch these qualifying races? I think that the series could do with a bit of a PR makeover and a bit of a freshen up. I think if we could introduce something new on Saturday that changes the game a little bit, gives fans a new experience, maybe makes MXGP riders look a bit cooler, a bit more accessible, a bit more superstars, because that is what MXGP lacks compared to America. I'll go to my grave with that. Um, I think if we can shake up Saturday, get rid of the qualifying race to make these guys happier, and then use that time wisely to build this championship on and off the track, then I think it's a win-win. Like, I don't see why in front wouldn't be open to a conversation, at least, about a different format. Van, I'm going to go to you first. You're a professional racer. There's been numerous issues at U.S. races where riders are not happy about things and you know, you guys, sometimes your voices are not heard. Uh, and it sort of sounds like the GPs, same thing, right? But the, the riders sort of banded together. You know, they didn't, like, not race the race. They just didn't race the qualifying race. But it definitely seems like those guys are getting together and maybe show that, like, if they do actually band together and and hold strong, that maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe that would be actually a bigger factor to uh, – Luago, or I, I know I said his name wrong, but um, like if those guys decided to not race Sunday, <laughs> some changes might happen. Uh, but it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive that it sounds like things are moving maybe in the right direction. There's a te- there was a team manager's meeting, uh, emails they said you know said went out to the riders that hey you guys can come on I guess this Friday and discuss some of these things. But it, it's so crazy that these promoters seem to not care that you as a rider are the show you know you guys are like work together i don't really understand but this was really insightful to me this whole conversation yeah it was it was really interesting and uh yeah i'll say firsthand i mean i was a part of the whole Longgate yep. deal in san diego and i'm permanently scarred from that race um i still have a scar on my stomach and it looks gross and i went to a few of those meetings and I mean, I guess something accomplished for it. We all got five grand, but it's like it it wasn't enough. I mean, no. Um, yeah, for me, permanently getting scarred for racing my dirt bike and just the pain I went through for literally three weeks straight. I'm having to like cover my body up to go ride every weekend and just bleeding. And um, but <clears throat> yeah, those meetings were difficult and not much got accomplished really. So it is cool that they're actually really like protesting the races qualifying races i mean they're gonna they're gonna make some headway doing that for sure and it's it's definitely they said they're having more meetings or whatever so i think yeah. it's gonna i think they should get a range I, I feel like i mean steve and jt are being kind of they had a, a joshua they sort of had negative opinions of whether like they said nothing's going to change but i think Maybe the writers, like, you know, again, I'm way on the outside looking in on this. I didn't even know about it until Lewis talked about it, Money. But if the writers were willing to get together and not race the qualifying race, then they could just as easily say, hey, we're not racing any of these qualifying races. From now on, we're done with them. 
uh, you know, or whatever they decide to do. And at that point, if they start seeing that, hey, we do have a little bit of power, maybe things, maybe they band together and things do change. And then maybe that could bleed over into our riders, Joshua. At some point, we're like, our guys, like if Eli and Kenny and Chase and all those guys were like, no, man, we're not racing until you fix this. If they, you know, yeah. the teams would be pissed. They'd probably get fined. But maybe not. Maybe if, if all the riders band together, then it's really hard to say, okay, we're, you're all punished. You're all disqualified or you're all, you know, fine. That's what it's going to take. You know, all the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, getting like a group together to oversee the riders. Like if the riders just stand up for themselves and actually don't give in and go race anyway, shit's going to get done. Yeah. Well, you know what? The thing of it is, I, when they started talking about that, I thought it was actually good to hear. Like, that was like a gangster move for those riders to do that. Because, like, I, I mean, well, it doesn't matter what level of pro any of these guys are, in my opinion. I, I think they are all bad dudes. I mean, they put on the, the, the riding that they do from, you know, first place to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they get the respect that they deserve a lot of times. So like for those guys to step up and, you know, say, no, we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to stand our ground on this. Like, I thought that was a good thing. And I mean, you hear a lot of rumbling, you know, all over, you know, the professional racing, whether it's there here where there's something they're not happy with. And, but a lot of times nothing happens from it or or there's just, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe they're going to set a precedent and it's going to, it's going to, you know, it'll get some people's attention at least to show that you know if they get the right number of guys together it will make a difference and and they'll at least be heard but i think a lot of the promoters just from what i hear you know it just sounds like they don't show the riders enough respect a lot of times because these these riders are some bad dudes and and the things that they do they put on a show that's incredible you know so yeah without without the riders you have no show that's it, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, they, they, they caught their attention, you know, so I think they need to just, now that it's critical, they're in a spot where these meetings they have coming up, they need to still hold their ground, you know, and, and just like stay firm with their, whatever their, you know, gripes are. And I think they will make, make a difference. Honestly, I think they just got to keep their spine stiff and they'll be all right now. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some insight because JT's uh, headed over to Germany this weekend so maybe we'll get some insight into if anything happens this weekend. If not, Lewis Phillips. Yeah, you can follow Lewis Phillips on his uh, social media, Twitter. But Lewis always brings good stuff. So really enjoy yes, him. He being does. There. Yeah, he does. Yep. Uh, back to some general conversation. Let's let's listen to what Adam and the boys had to say about Jet Lawrence. You know, this thing is Jet Lawrence's title, handily. Yeah. Going to win this thing. I mean, he was sick this weekend. Won the overall, but you're not there. No, deuce, deuce. I'm not. You're not there. No. Without a doubt, Jet Lawrence is the most talented, fastest guy in the lights class right now. Yep. I feel like Jet will win the championship, but do I feel that Jet is just going to go one, 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 one all the way out? Absolutely not. I think these guys are going to step up. Okay, I but- don't think that it's just a Jet Lawrence <laughs> show right now. Well, no really one is don't. saying he's going to sweep the season. No one is saying that. I feel like everybody's saying no, that. You guys are driving me insane. The okay. kid just was completely sick and went 1-3 for an overall. He's going to do what he did at the first round. Exactly. Like 20 seconds. These guys are not mature enough 
to win out the series. I don't think it's going to be a runaway. Mark my words. How many points does it win the championship by? (laughs) A moto. A moto. 25 points. 25. I I just feel like everybody's saying that he's just going to dominate, though. He's not going to dominate the 250 class. What's not? What's a not so good day? Winning by 25 points is, is... Fairly dominant, in my opinion. Like that's a pretty. So I, I am the, of the opinion he wins by more than that. He's also like thirty, what, thirty three or thirty four points down already. Um, that's, oh, that's a really shit. tough spot to be in. To I didn't one. know he was that far behind. No, Justin's over. He's like thirty three or thirty four down. Yeah, I, I think I saw on the broadcast he was like between like twelve and sixteen points down already. Yeah. Um, it it might up, be it more than twenty five. <laughs> All right, Van, this is good because like, I feel like Adam just doesn't like the word dominate so much because he didn't really ever say anything like uh, there might be a challenge to win the championship from somebody other than Jet. He was like, no, no I think Jet's going to win. I think Jet's going to win. You know, I don't think, he, you know, there's going to be some fast guys, but, you know, like basically everything he said led to me thinking he believes Jet's going to win this championship no matter what. He just didn't like the word dominate. And then he heard the points and he was like, oh shit. Okay. Never mind. But uh, I thought that was just good stuff. And, uh, you know, Justin Cooper, unfortunately, yeah, being pretty far back. But I don't think he dominates. I think Hunter starts getting some wins. And Mo's probably, Moseman's got, you know, pretty positive, some positivity out of winning his first moto the other day. So I, I don't think he dominates. But I love this because just Adam was like, no, he's not going to dominate. Uh, but he kind of is. Yeah, he was basically like, no, he's not going to dominate, but he's going to win a lot. Yeah, by twenty five or win maybe the championship more. by twenty five points. Like, yeah, twenty five points is a, is a lot. I yeah, mean, yeah, like, it's not dominating, but that's winning a lot. Yeah, he was just he was just trying to get everyone to not use the word dominate. I think so. <laughs> it's sort of like going back to the Deegan thing, Joshua. Where, like, I think people are just getting tired of hearing how great jet is it's like no no he's not going to dominate it's going to be okay but yeah and then like mathis says he's going to win by 60 points tyler said 50 jt said 40 like that's a lot man i just god i hope he doesn't win by that much yeah well i think a lot of people were like wishful wishful thinking with it really i mean jet's just kind of like he kind of came in in the beginning, kind of soft. I mean, he was doing good, successful, picking up the pace, and like success was kind. And then it just like seemed like his trajectory just went through the roof. Yeah. It went like yeah. straight vertical. And I don't know. I mean, I think I think it's going to be good. But with the anything that has me a little bit wondering is like he was if he was as thick as he looked, like laying on his bars and looking like he wasn't really feeling it. Like those guys might have a long summer if he if he doesn't take himself out. You know, uh, yeah, there's there's the, no doubt that the ride with him being sick was very impressive. But yeah, we also have to take into consideration Hunter felt like twice Hunter should have won. And quite honestly, if Moseman hadn't, we we don't. I I never found out exactly what happened to Moseman in that first in that second moto. But he was like, I think he wins the second moto too, probably. Uh, so. Yeah. It was very impressive. I'm not taking anything away from him. Like, I damn sure don't want to ride. I don't want to be at the track if I'm feeling like he was. But yeah. I, I'm I'm going to go not dominant yet. I just thought it was really funny, though, the way the conversation went. Um, again, as everything is with the Pulp Mix show and this rapper show, like, it's just good entertainment. Like, nothing let us down. The stories and the, the stuff was just funny um, and enjoyable. So, like, the five hours goes by so fast, Josh. Joshua, I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it does. I, I, the biggest reason why I got into the show is like, I have my own business and I can listen to it all day long. So I just put it on and listen, but yeah, it, it's like, I don't know what I would do if it was just an hour long because they just, they really get in depth with so many different things. It's just, it's, it's a way to pass time and it goes by fast though. For sure. It does. You're right. Like I listen to some other podcasts that are like an hour and I'm like, seriously, dude, it's over already. That's all you got. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't really even consider the Pulp Mix show van an actual podcast. Like it is, it's a radio show. It's, it's again, I always reference the Howard Stern show. Usually when, when Stern was on full time, he was doing four and a half, five hour shows. It's a cast of characters. It's like, you're part of this family, uh, you know, with Stern, you have the Whack Packers, and uh, and with with Pope, you basically have all these different personalities and different callers that call in. And yeah, it's not just a podcast, man. It really is a part of our lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, without a doubt. All right, Michelin bicycle tires, guys. I got challenged. I was going to talk about this in a minute. I got challenged or whatever to to commit to doing the Vet Nationals. And I will do the Vet Nationals if I can find the financing. But if I'm going to do that, I have to get my ass in shape, which means I have to get back on my mountain bike. And with my mountain bike comes Michelin Bicycle Tires, big-time sponsor of this wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium-finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink, the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill and the East Texas mountain bike legend Jamie Guida. Then follow at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram and check out bike.michelin.com for all the details on the Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, including the Wild Enduro, the E Wild, the 20 inch BMX Pilot tires. If you guys ride some BMX or any other road models, Michelin Bicycle Tires, bike.michelin.com. Randy is the man. If you guys are not running Michelin products, I don't. I can't be friends with you guys. Just so you know, <laughs> I actually do. I like Michelin's a lot. Yeah, the, the Starcross sixes are awesome. Van, the mountain bike tires are great. I need to get some for my my road bike. I don't have them on the road bike yet, but good stuff, man. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I I've told you people listening to the show for the last few weeks. I almost pulled the whole shot at Paula because of my Starcross sixes. It had nothing to do with talent. <laughs> uh, yep. I think Starcross tires are the shit. Like oh, I've had them. them. I've used them for a long time, and I mean, Hell yeah. I think they hold up well. Yep. I think they 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 handle good. You know, they 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 seem to really, uh, for me, with the surfaces that I ride on, I get good traction across a variety of terrains. So across the board, I've, yep. I've always been a big fan. Absolutely. Let's talk about Ryan Morris, Van. Uh, KTM USA's Ryan Morris. Got to do a lot of stuff that, again, I told you guys, I'm not, like, I don't love setup stuff, setting stuff. It just doesn't do much for me. But Adam was really into it, Van, and I would assume a guy like, what was interesting, though, for me with the setting or testing in particular, I've always wondered with guys like Trey Kennard, um, Brock Tickle, whatever, whoever's testing, Sometimes those guys are not at the level that the racers are that they're testing for at that time, right? I mean, Trey Kennard's kind of on, you know, he's done with his career. Mm-hmm. He's not riding at that level. Brock's not like Brock's not riding at the level Jason Anderson is. So I've always wondered, well, how do you test for somebody 
like Cooper Webb, who's a two-time Supercross champion, how do you test for that guy? And I, I really probably, you know, like Ryan's answer was pretty simple. Like, well, I test to find the stuff that really is not going to work. We weed that out. And then I give these guys what I think is working and they go and they check it out. Like that really actually made a lot of sense. It was really simple. And I know there's more to it, but once he started talking about that stuff, I was like, when Adam asked that question, because he's like, you know, you're not those guys. How do you test for them? I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. I, I was really into it at that point. So I thought that stuff was really good for me because it answered a question. I kind of wondered for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that, that was really cool to, um, hear him talk about how the different ways he rides or not he rides, but things that he knows that Cooper like versus mm-hmm. what Marvin will like. And then he also talked about different ways he kind of rides when he's testing just for a, uh, like a newer KTM, like an OEM bike and how his weight's pretty average for a, a normal dude. And then he rides at like an 80% pace as most dudes aren't. That's even it was it was really uh, cool to hear all of it really yeah yeah he was when he was talking about like testing for the the stock models right the the, the mm-hmm. yeah the the ones that are gonna be sold on the showrooms and and Joshua yeah that that was pretty cool because he he also talked about like all right we go out to the test track and I'll find something that I kind of think it works and then if I think it's gonna work for Coop well he'll jump on my bike because it's basically set up my bike set up the same as Cooper's or I have a bike set up the same as Marvin's. And then I find something that's a little different that maybe is good and they jump on it like that. Never thought about that before. Right. So this, this whole, this was one of the best explanations from a tester that I've ever heard. Yeah. I, I thought so too, because I, I've never, I mean, you hear different guys come on and talk about keeper or whoever will talk about how they test or some details in it. And it does get a little bit dry and boring. So when they started out, I thought it was funny how he said, well, I'll ride this one at like 70% and then the other one I'll do this at 80. So it was like, I was like, how, how can you really calibrate that? I wonder, but it was interesting to hear. But then he, like, I've always wondered that too, like how they can kind of, you know, like what exactly was involved. So when he said, yeah, I just, he hops on the bike, I'm riding. I thought, ah, I never, that, yeah, light bulb went off. I was like, yeah, I'll be damned. I never really thought about that. Exactly. So uh, I thought the yeah. Ryan, I was very, very pleased with the Ryan Morris interview. Don't yeah, know Ryan at all, but yeah, very, very good. So, um, good job, Steve. Good job. As always, uh, I was going to, I went back and as I'm cutting audio and I was kind of listened back to my call, I have no idea why my phone was cutting out so bad. Like it was terrible. So I apologize for that. Cause it had to be on my end. Cause everything else was working good. Kiefer was good. Not sure what was going on. Um, again, Ty, I find out at the beginning that Ty listens to everything Pulpomex puts out except for the wrap up show. Thanks, Ty. Appreciate that, man. He actually called yeah. me uh, yesterday because I texted him. I said, okay, cool, man. That's cool. That's really cool. And he's like, dude, <laughs> you know, and, and I get it. I really do. Like, if you listen to the whole Pulp show, yeah, maybe. I mean, man, the wrap-up's not for everybody. I get it. Like, no big deal. No feelings hurt. But I still think everybody should at least download it. Get my numbers up. So. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's. I didn't listen to it uh, when you first started doing it. I don't blame and you. It's bad. I'd say... Well, I, I, I don't know, but I, oh, you didn't I listen at all. Okay. Yeah. Like when you first started, I, I never really listened to any of them. And then, sure. you know, like, um, I, I don't know, a few months ago I started listening to them and I, I would kind of like, it'd be here and there. And then I just kind of, 
uh, started a little bit more and more. And I, I, I like them. So I, you know, it's just another thing that I kind of throw in the queue to listen to throughout the week. And uh, it's just another, you know, if, if any moto, any like serious moto fan, yeah. you know, is going to enjoy it. So well, I appreciate it. It just I, depends on your level of fandom. Sure. You know? Absolutely. I, I know Van's a hardcore listener, so you, you don't even have to respond, Van. Just let it go. No, I, I listen sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I I mainly listen when, man, I, I like when there's a cool guest that I know. Like uh-huh. when, yeah. when there's a pro rider on. Yeah. I mean, when there's one of my buddies on, like Wageman or, or like, I don't know, any rider like Logan, if he's on or. Um, A-Ray and Cade. Yeah, yeah. 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 When, yeah, exactly. A-Ray, Cade. Um, and, and, but sometimes I don't even get time in the week. Like the pulp show takes so long, like on my 30 minute drive to work every day. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it takes you like a week and a half to listen. Back, yeah. yeah. It takes me, it takes me like a week to listen to it. Sure. So, sure. But I'll listen to the wrap up if I have extra time. And if I, well, that's what I the wrap the up's for, man. You don't have time to listen to the yeah, pulp show. So just right, listen to the wrap right. up. You're right. I get it. I get it. Uh, so, all right. We've got a few more things to talk about before we wrap this thing up for the night. Uh, while Chris was on, he gave a little rundown about his uh, Loretta Lens qualifier this weekend, and there was a little bit of an issue. Second moto, Aiden goes to set my whole shot device, and he grabs my <laughs> handlebar and my front brake hose at the same time and rips my front brake hose off my uh, oh, banjo wow. bolt. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. What a rookie over. Are you serious? So, uh, so this is like the white flags out, you know, in local races, the white flags come out and you kind of get ready, right? So yeah. he runs back and gets a 15 and tries to uh, put the bolt back into the master cylinder, but there's air in my line. So yes, yeah. my second moto, yeah, I had brakes and then I didn't. I just didn't know when it was going to work. So it was wow. Awesome. Bro, <laughs> nice work, Bro. Aiden. Heather is looking really good on setting the whole shot device right about now, isn't she? I would take eight, I would take eight pumps versus a master cylinder. <laughs> I, I've never even heard that happening. When I read your post, I was like, oh my God, Aiden. Dude, so it, it took all of my might, not to spike out on the line. Yeah, you're just like shit in front I don't of even know so. how you do that. Like, yeah, how, you're like, I how, need to keep it together. I'm on a public grab, setting. Like. How do you grab the front brake line so hard that you rip it out of the bolt setting a starting like good because God. Aiden's decaf dude Aiden's a teenager he doesn't yeah, know better dude. he's just like oh yeah it's so easy I see this done all the time and he just Arnold's it and just and, like and then, oh I got it. All right, first things first. I felt so bad for Aiden because I think we've all been kids around our dad and your dad gets upset with you and you're like, oh, dude, I'm just a kid. Like, you know, like he's probably excited. You know, he, he's a teenager and he's, you know, he's his ego, he's tough and he's, he's badass and he's helping his dad. And then he does something that he knows his dad's pissed about. And like, you know, he felt absolutely terrible, man. Like it had to eat him up. And I wonder if Chris really did not spike out on him, as he says, because I've been around him enough now to know that he spikes out on Aiden all the time. So I was like, oh, I was feeling so bad for Aiden. Yeah, I'm sure. It's kind of one of those those moves when you when you know you piss your dad off. But yeah, he doesn't want to make a scene, you know, because I'm sure they were on the line. Sure. So he didn't want to. Chris didn't want to get that pissed at him, you know, and, and he knows that Aiden obviously did not mean to do that, but 
Um, and that's, that's pretty, uh, tough to hold back if you're Chris. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Joshua, I mean, kids like they do stupid shit sometimes. Right. And, and Chris in coffee with the Kiefer's and stuff talks about Aiden all the time. He's like, man, I just like, he's just got his head up his ass, you know? And that's the kind of thing right there that kind of proves Chris point a little bit, but I can also see Aiden like, dude, setting a whole shot device for a guy at that level when they're when they put them fucking things down so low, they're not easy yeah. to fucking get on, right? So you're yanking yeah. on that bike, and his hand probably slipped off the bar and grabbed the the freaking brake cable or something. And you know, at that that much force that he's trying to use to get the thing locked in, like I, I don't know, yeah. man. It just sort of broke my heart because I was like, the poor kid. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I I have never heard of such a thing happening. So when they said that. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, right before he's getting ready to go out? Yeah. So, like, Aiden probably was kind of like, he was probably like a deer in the headlights. Like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. Yeah, yeah. And and I can relate to Chris because I have a 16-year-old kid myself. And, I mean, there's days where I want to just climb on top of him and choke him out. (laughs) But I don't, you know. I Hope not. But... So, yeah, when he starts going into it and talking about it, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm not the only one suffering here. No. It's not just me. It's, it's because, normal. Like, it, 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 I can't – I swear I tell my kids all the time, I can't have shit because <laughs> they destroy it, they break it, they bend it, they yeah. – you know, so, oh, my. It, it, you really want to get your – get tested you have a teenager you make it through that <laughs> you're gonna be good your, your roses because i'm telling you what my kids i i can relate like yeah. everything chris says i'm like right on bro right i right. get it i get it so but Damn. i've never heard of that like ripping a brake line off like that but like, like i said like man, wow dude he might have had his hand like on the crossbar pad or something and it rolled yeah. and his hand slips off and he just grabs for the bar and he you know he grabs the cable and it rips out like but van memory you're i mean you've got a daughter but uh, this is what you have to look forward to. Dumb shit from your kids. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yeah, you are. Uh, and then when she starts having teenage boys come around, that'll be awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I have a teenage stepdaughter, so I've been there multiple times. Um, before Chris go, went, he's like, hey, dude, sure would love to come back in studio sometime. You know, remember when we used to do Kiefer after dark? There's old Kiefer being a little butt hurt, just like he was. Uh, when I was out there, he's old butt hurt because I threw the ponytail in the. You know, I wouldn't run the ponytail on the back of the on the back fender of the bike at Glen Hill, and he he gets butt hurt a little bit. Um, Man, he's a little dramatic at times. He'll he can be, be. Thank you. You're right. Although I agree, I'd like to be back in studio soon too, Steve. So let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, race tech rant. We got a couple more pieces of audio. We're gonna be done before we do that. Let's talk about motorsport.com. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. You can get to Motorsport.com by using those banners on PulpMix.com, PulpMixShow.com. Use those. And all of our other sponsors, Michelin, uh, guts racing and seal savers are available at motorsport.com. All right. Race tech rant. There's two of them. They're both pretty damn good. This is usually my favorite segment. Uh, pulp 22 to save. Did you guys happen to, you probably skipped through them van, but the commercials this week, did you hear the new race tech commercial? No, I didn't. I, I skipped through them. Mm, what about you, Joshua? 
I probably I don't I don't skip through them, but I don't recall like anything special about it. What, what, it was what fucking was it? very I, special, Joshua. It was me. I you know what I I apologize, my man. I, it's all right. I just I zone out. So <laughs> damn I, it. I don't. It was. It I, was, I would know it if I heard it. Yeah, it was a uh, my race tech commercial from my show with Cade and A Ray on it, and then I just changed the end with the. Actually, when I first sent it to Steve, I used my promo code, hoping he wouldn't catch it. So everybody at Pulp Mix mm. would use my promo code, but he did catch it. So I had to change <laughs> it to Pulp Twenty Two. We appreciate Race Tech being a part of the Pulp Mix show and my show as well. Checkers, you're the man. So anyway, let's listen to the first Race Tech rant. I got to deal with these car dealers. Not fun. No one wants to do that, right? Or I could get a Hyundai. She does not care. A Hyundai, yeah. Yeah. I call down there. I speak to a guy. And I say, hey, uh, my lease is up. Here's the VIN number of the passport I have now. Here's the the plan I have. I'm trying to get that same deal, and they're laughing at me. I said, uh, I don't really want to come down there until I absolutely have to to sign the papers. And they're like, come on down for a test drive. Nope, don't need a test drive. I already know what Passport does. Uh, uh. Do not need to test drive it. What's the best deal you can give me? And they won't tell you that, right? They just won't tell you that. I'm doing this deal over email or a couple of phone calls. Because there's nothing. It's a lease. It's, it's not like I'm just tell me what you can do. I said to the guy, he's like, well, come on down. I said, well, it's my wife's car and she has to work. And so I need to figure out when her days are off. And I'm, I had some surgery, so I'm not super mobile, but I'll be down when I can. And I said, so you won't tell me what deal you're going to make me, and you need to see this car for equity. I said, I need an appointment. I am not coming down there and waiting, but I'll email you, I told him. I'll email you when I can figure it out. This fucking guy or somebody there has called me seven times since Thursday. On Thursday, I said, I'll email you. To make an appointment. That's how I prefer to do communication. Seven phone calls. Five of them I didn't answer. One I answered on Saturday and I said, hey, bro, remember what I said? I'll email you when I get a time. That dude or some other buddy, some other person has called me four other times. And today we were going for lunch <laughs> when he called again. Oh, shit. And you yep. guys heard me. Yep. And you know what? He seems like a nice guy. But, bro. (laughs) Oh, Steve was so fucking lit. Seven phone calls to see when I'm coming down. You motherfucker. I told you. I get it, bro. Commission. All of that. I understand. But when somebody tells you in very explicit terms twice what is going to happen, how this deal is going to go down. And you keep calling the fucker to say, when are you coming down? Dude. What is wrong with you? I just... So now, I can't I just... Go, so now, I want to I never go back to that dealer. And when I go in, I'm going to be in the worst fucking mood. And if that dude asks me if I want to test drive it, I want to drive the passport through the front window of that dealership. <laughs> wow. That was good. And I get... I didn't put all the drops in that one. I thought I had... Uh, there are a laundry list of drops that I think you will be hearing in the near future, <laughs> including uh, Am I the Dick? Dick Pie? Eat a Dick? Uh, yes, Steve has to come. So we, we've got, we have a lot of drops. Uh, they, they are in the beginning of the show. We did, I didn't play those for you two, but in the intro of the show, they're up there. But 
Joshua, man, that that's why I love the rants. It was so like one, I've been there. Uh two two I'm just laughing like every I've listened to this probably four times from Monday night for cutting audio and all that. And like, I am just cracking up. I see Steve getting so wound up. Like when his voice changed, what the fuck? Like I'm I'm (laughs) dying, dude. I love the race tech rants. I was laughing out loud. Like right when I, he started into that whole thing. Yeah. Cause you never know what, you never know what he's going to come up with or what's coming out, you know? And when he started into that, I literally was at work walking around just laughing out loud because, like, that's like car dealers are terrible to begin with. No one likes dealing with them. Like, nobody. Like, people don't, like, go there to have fun. They, they go there out of necessity, yeah. like, 99% of the time. So it's just like when he started into it, and the way, he, like, I, if I were him, I would have probably lost my mind because. I don't like getting calls you know, when I'm throughout my work day or whatever that, that's not necessary. Or telemarketers really get me spiking out. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so I can I can relate. I understand. It, it was <laughs> funny, though. I was laughing, so uh, I, 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 he got a good chuckle out of me. Absolutely, and that's what I think that, that segment's about. Van, before I get to you, I do want to give a quick shout-out. All-American Chevrolet of Clean Texas. They were a sponsor of the Kiefer, Inc. podcast. Uh, he's not right now. Um, but that's just because the way the industry's gotten in the last couple of years, you know, just the, but the, the sponsorship budget kind of went away, but he is a moto guy and that it, my experience with them because of Chris Kiefer's podcast, Kiefer Inc was nothing like Steve's the guy, dude, I did. I was in Minneapolis after I totaled my truck the weekend of Glendale and he was texting me pictures of trucks in the price range that I asked for, did everything almost over the phone. I drove down to clean Texas Signed the papers, was in and out in 30 minutes. That was it. So easy. So, Steve, man, uh, yeah, hit up All-American Chevrolet of Clean. I bet the dude would even get you a truck delivered. It's not a Honda, but, I mean, I, hell, I walked out of there with a Tundra. So, you know, you get, probably get whatever you want. But good experience for me. Van Martin, how do you feel about the Race Tech Rants? Oh, I love them. Good. Always. Especially when he he was very passionate about this one. Just like you said, his, his voice almost cracked you can tell when Steve gets really pissed on his voice yeah, yeah. it's really high pitch and uh yeah and I was just there I just got a truck and uh a couple months ago and but before I got a truck from the dealership I was looking around and kind of calling around and I didn't want to really want to go in and man I had this one dealership calling me even after I already made my mind that I was going to buy from a different dealership dude they were calling me I swear it's two times a day for like a week straight. And finally I got the whole deal settled on my other truck. And, um, dude, I just had to answer one call. Like, look, leave me alone. Take me off the, the list. subscription email list. Take me off all those lists. I got a truck, like leave me alone. So I kind of feel Steve's rage on that. And, uh, yeah. they're always funny. I would have loved to have been in, I, I think it was when they were driving, when he was with Adam and Tyler earlier in the day and he got that call, like to hear the real, the real time experience, you know, the the show experience when he's re- replaying it, there might be a little bit of dramatics added in, or maybe he tamed it down a notch. We don't know. I'd love to. Have been I there. don't know. I yeah. think it would have been hilarious. I do too. I would love to have been there real time. The last thing we're going to yeah. talk about is the rant number two, the Mav TV emails that he gets. Guys, we have all been there. We've all heard stuff like this. We see it on social. 
I'm never going to watch again, that kind of stuff. I, I give up. I'm going to be honest with you. Saturday, I stayed home to watch the race. I didn't go to the track and hang out. I was like, I'm going to watch this race live. And when the fucking TV cut off like three times during the second motos, I was like, you know what? I quit media. I can't cover the race. I can't watch it. I can't find it on YouTube. I give up. I don't even care who wins. I was having a, a one of those moments. Now, I did not send an email, but then I definitely had the moment where I was like, screw it. I'm done. I don't care about outdoors anymore. Mm, I didn't know it was that bad. Dude, it sucked, um, dude. Cause like Steve said, I couldn't log like it kicked you off. I tried to log back onto the app on my TV and it would it like literally in the corner had, you know, my email, Darkside MX three or whatever at AOL. Like it had my account open and then when I would click on the race, it would go, You don't have an account. I'm like, motherfucker, it's right there. Of course I have a fucking account. And then I tried to do it on my laptop and it wouldn't work, and then it would kick back on. And it's like, cool, we're back. And they would kick back off, and it'd be the same process. I was losing my fucking mind. And it was, I could imagine. Did you know? Did you know it was happening for everyone? Yes, because I was on the Pulp Mix fantasy Twitter? chat, and everybody's like, uh, "Oh, imagine that! We just lost it." Yeah, so it was pretty much everybody. And dang. yeah, so I was. I defended them during Paula. I was like, "All right, dude, they're trying to fix it. They're aware. They're telling everybody, sure. hey, we got a problem,' but." When it happened to me, I was pissed. <laughs> oh, so uh, this weekend's race was like the first race I haven't watched live in a long, long time because I was busy at the Loretta's Regional. But yeah, yeah, that's frustrating. That yeah, is, well, it sucks. I'm fixing it this weekend, Joshua, by going to the race at Thunder Valley. I, I won't have to worry yeah. about the app. Hey, I, I think that'd be awesome to go check out. So yeah. I think you're on to something with that. But I don't, I don't watch it live. I usually am busy over the weekend me and my kids go riding or whatever i usually just come home and watch it at night so i had a problem with mine though because when i got home i have a fire stick yeah i pulled up my app i, I paid for the subscription and i pulled it up on my fire stick and the only thing that was on there was stuff from last weekend yep it, it just had moto one moto two and i'm like what the fuck? so what time of so, night was this what time of night eastern Mm, I would say maybe. Well, you know what? Actually, I would say maybe eight. Okay, yeah, it's not up yet. So I, I, I watched. I watched the replay at Paula, and it was eleven o'clock my time when it went up. So that'd been midnight your time. Uh, so I think they're just having a really like it's coming. It's getting posted very late, which that also irritated me. Because I was up to almost two a.m. watching the damn race. That's that's just not that's not it's not acceptable. You got to do it better. If NBC can do it, it can be done. You got to do it better. And I, I have to imagine they will. But yeah, I was get I was fucking getting pissed off. Like it's it's okay. We are paying for this. It should fucking work. Uh, again, right. wasn't so mad at the first one. Hangtown, I was pretty pissed off about. Uh, and and I saw the same thing from people like yourself that were later like, dude. Where's the replay? And I don't know what the yeah. issue is. So I, I feel still Steve's pain on this, like him getting the emails and it does sound stupid, but I was one of those stupid people Saturday. Cause I was just like, this is bullshit. Yeah, it sucks, but I, I'm not ever going to say that's it. I'm done watching <laughs> moto. Yeah. Well, like my <laughs> thought process, people crack me up. my thought process with that was typically in the last couple of years, the post race press conferences are within 15 minutes, of the race ending 
and we do them on Zoom. Now, they are not doing it that way this year for outdoors, but I was like, okay, if I'm going to cover this thing and do the press conference, how the fuck do I do the press conference when I can't watch the race because they can't make it work? Yeah. So, anyway, none of that matters. Steve doesn't care about any of that. Probably most of the listeners don't care about, care about that. But, boys, that is the wrap-up show this week, unless, Van, there's something that I missed that you want to talk about. Um, I don't think so. Last time I brought something good up, do you remember that? I do. I do. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I do remember you calling me out that I had missed something. Dang it. I, uh, you don't have to make me look bad again, Van. It's only it's only because I... Uh, didn't finish the whole show. Right. That's that's fair. How about you, uh, Josh? Was there anything that you caught that like really stood out that maybe I didn't bring up? No, nothing, nothing specific. So I killed I, but it. I think, yeah, I, I think you did. I think you're you're right on point. But I am excited to for Friday to come. I'm sure a lot of people are, but I want to see what what everybody thinks about that Stark Vark. Like I'm, I'm oh, pretty yeah, amped yeah. up about that. So yeah, I know it's kind of off topic, but no, you know, they did the show. talk about it for a second. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, yeah I've, I've been waiting. Like they, they, I knew that it was going on, and I didn't know why there was no covered or anyone talking about it yet until this past week when they said there was that embargo. Embargo. On it. So yeah, I am excited to hear about that. Yeah, I'm going to listen to those on the flight home after the race. I won't be. Able to, I doubt they'll be up while I'm flying there. Once I'm there, I'll be too busy. But always good stuff from Pulpamex. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors again: Guts Racing, Motorsport.com, Michelin Bicycle Tires. And Seal Savers, as well as I always do, all the sponsors of Pulp Mix can be found on the PulpMixShow.com website. Click on the link. Use the discount codes. If you guys support those sponsors, they will continue to support Steve and Pulp Mix and the wrap-up show and all the other stuff he does. And we need these shows to keep going. Steve's not going to do it for free. So support those sponsors, including Race Tech, Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, everybody else. Hit them up. Use them. Maxima, et cetera, et cetera. All right, Joshua Van, thank you so much. That is a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Tell me.